Hello and welcome to So Divine. I'm Megan Skinner. And I'm Stephanie Galling. And this is our monthly astrology and tarot podcast where we take a look at the celestial landscape, what's happening in the stars. We pick a tarot card to fit the vibe, all with an eye towards inspiration and helping you to lead a more conscious life. So hello, Stephanie. Hi, Megan. (laughs) Hello, hello, and hello, July. We are truly, truly in those summer energies, and we've got a lot to talk about for the month, so let's just jump in. Let's go there. (laughs) Okay, so before we actually jump in, let's take a couple of steps backwards to the end of June and talk about those energies, because it's kind of a segue into into. July. So if you remember back in um, in June on the 28th, we had that Cancer new moon. And then we also had Neptune in Pisces stationing retrograde. So we had that Cancer and we had Pisces and the moon energy and Neptune. And so it felt very watery and kind of dreamy and emotionally sensitive. And the vibe was really pulling us pulling us inward. So we start the month with kind of that watery kind of like hangover coming in. And then lo and behold, on July 1st, bam, (laughs) we're kind of wake up and smell the coffee uh, put into a Mars Pluto square. And Mars is in Aries and Pluto is in Capricorn. So we, it's kind of like a wake up and smell the coffee moment. Yeah, I think that it's really important that we did this in terms of speaking about like how we're moving into (laughs) July, like we're coming off of this like more internal and fluid and soft and dreamy and wafty energetic, like that the tone or the vibe. And just to know that like with that, you know, as we're then starting to feel that Mars Pluto square, which can be a little bit rancorous, right? There's that struggle um, <laughs> between, it's just a struggle, it's not even a struggle between, it can be just a struggle, right? Like there's that sense, I think the way to work with that Mars Pluto square is to assert Mars, to take action Mars, to be courageous Mars in a really deep way, Pluto right? Like it's all about unearthing. So be, you be the advocate of the unearthing as opposed to being surprised by unearthing going on all around you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, that Aries Capricorn, I mean, rams and goats just do not play well together. They have very different agendas. You know, Aries is like, you know, and Mars is its native sign. And Aries is just like warrior, conquer, conquer. And then Capricorn is that slow and steady unearthing of Pluto. So it's very divergent kind of energies there. Like you were saying, there's definitely kind of a conflict here. So it's good to be mindful about that. And, you know, again, just to like really look at, is there anything that I need to be aware of so I can move forward without any blockages or with more clarity? 
Yeah, for sure. I definitely feel like there's that like energetic of like the test of will, right? Mm, that sense yeah. of endurance. Yeah. You know, Mars and Aries is like endurance, what endurance? It just wants to like do this and then do that and do the other <laughs> thing, right? And Capricorn like really wants to like, let's stay the course. And so I, you know, there can obviously be some sort of tension there. Yeah. You know, so I think that it just behooves us all to just like, you know, look at our motivations, look at what makes us angry, look at mm. how we marshal our will and see what's arising from under the surface when we move through situations that may illuminate that for us. Yeah. And you brought up, I think, an important word here, which is anger. I mean, that transit just feels kind of angry to me, you know, and so, or if at the very least frustrated. And so yeah. again, just being very aware of those energies. And also just to note, this is a bit of a prelude to uh, mid-month when we've got more uh, Pluto energy and we've got a lot of Neptune energy happening. So, but before we get to that, I want to mention, or we want to mention something else, which is on July 5th, speaking of Mars, Mars does go from Aries into Taurus, and it's a bit of an auspicious day. So Stephanie, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I remember when I first saw that, I was like, hmm, this rings a bell. <laughs> and what bell that it actually rings is the last time that Mars was at the very end of Aries and then transitioned into Taurus was on January 6th of 2021. And so, as most mm, yes. of you, you know, when we say January 6th, that rings a lot of bells for people, you know. Yeah. So, again, no crystal ball here, but there is some sort of sense of resonance it does feel, you know, especially because we're not just talking about any old planet shifting that also shifted then. Mars, what am yeah. I fighting for? How am I using my will, that sense of the battle or champion or soldiering, that militant? You know, Mars yeah. at the end of the Aries is very much the militant. And so, yeah. you know, it will be in that spot, really that end of Aries spot on July 4th, which is really interesting thinking just about that like right. relationship of independence day and july 4th and patriotism to like what occurred on january 6th here at least in the united states and so you know just to look at you know is there some sort of connect weaving connection point between this date in july and that date a year and a half ago yeah, it feels very full circle to me with everything going on. And especially as you're saying, with it the day after July the 4th, you know, where we celebrate democracy. And the other thing about Mars, it's power. You know, it's like, who's really, you know, who's really in power, who's really in control. So yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. And, you know, of course, we always know more after we can see the trends, we can see what the energies are. And then it's really interesting to, uh, we'll regroup on that next month to see how all of that unfolds. Yeah. And hopefully not as explosively as it did yes. last time. 
Yes. Okay, so let's just move forward to mid-month because we've got some really interesting energy and it's kind of going back to what we were talking about at the end of June with that soft, watery, dreamy energy because we have Sun and Mercury together in Cancer and then that's on the 16th and then the next day on July the 17th, we have the Mercury in Cancer trine Neptune in Pisces with the sun in Cancer trying Neptune. So this is a lot of very watery energy again. Yeah. So here we have that coming together of the sun and Mercury, you know, and on that day, it's very much like illuminated mind, illuminated Mm. thoughts, you know, bright ideas. There's that focus on sort of the mental and yet it's in cancer, so it's mental, but it's emotional, right? Like yes, that yes. perceptive abilities. And then with that, with both of them making that harmonious trying to Neptune, I definitely feel like, right, it's that sense of that heightened perception, but not coming necessarily just from the logical or the rational, but like, you know, that emotional intelligence feeling into mm-hmm. what's going on both within me and around me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, th- I think that, you know, also it's a time to just, I think we might be a more emotionally sensitive. And so to just realize that and, you know, take, you know, take good care of yourself. And when I think about those energies mid-month, especially that Cancer, Pisces, and Neptune, it feels, it reminds me of the dreamscape. And you, of course, Stephanie, you're our dream expert here. But this might be a very, you know, a very heightened period of getting illumination in your dreamscapes or other ways where you kind of allow yourself to connect into those, the subconscious or the psyche or deeper parts of yourself. Like this would be a great time for like meditation and, you know, or journaling or ritual as well. Yeah, for sure. You know, and especially like what can you, and I think too, in a soft, compassionate Mm. way, access Notably, too, because then the next days, right, on the 18th and the 19th, both the Sun and Mercury, you know, oppose Pluto. So we've been in this, like, sort of, like, free-floating, dreamy space, and now we're going to, like, take it down a notch, right? We're going to, like, go deep, and that's why I feel like you know, one of the things to think about is really just like galvanizing as much of that sense of compassion and softness and like inner grace, especially Mm. towards oneself, because the next days may be like, not this underworld journey, right? But you, we may like get down to the bottom of things. And sometimes getting down to the bottom of things can be so riveting that it can, you know, sort of stir judgments or stir upsets. So if you're like coming to that more with compassion, you can have much more of a sense of ease in that discovery of those buried riches. Yeah, I think it's a wonderful time just to be kind, you know, to be kind to yourself and be kind to others. And again, you know, we're the beginning, we talked a little bit about this prelude and it's like, here we are once again in this like watery energy and we're flowing and then here comes Pluto and, you know, ba-boom, right? And I also think it's interesting because this leads us into um, what we've got coming up next on the very next day, the 19th, 
Chiron, which represents our wounding, but also what bridges us to our life path and our greater life story, stations retrograde in Aries. So here you're talking about Pluto, which is like unearthing and going underground and digging up all the dirt, you know, what you're calling treasures, but and <laughs> digging that up. And it could bring up this Chiron wounding around the story. And, you know, you know, and you mentioned this before about judging ourselves and Aries to me always brings in that energy of individuality and sometimes self-esteem and feeling confident. So this could be a bit of a shaky moment. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think I, I agree as well. I mean, just the Pluto alone feels shaky, right? In terms yes, of right. like shaking things up that pull to like, you cannot avoid things. You can't be like, I'm not going to look at this. I'm not going to see this because it's Pluto. You'll at least very much feel the rumblings. So I think it's really, you know, I, I need another word for behooves. So, but somebody <laughs> send in another word for behooves. It behooves us all. I again. like behooves. Here's that word again. That's good. Yeah. Um, I'm going to get the thesaurus after this episode to like, <laughs> I need a new word for behooves. Um, us to like dig into and allow again with that gracefulness and that compassion and that empathy, like what have I been hiding? What have I been hiding yes, from myself? Yes. What have I been hiding from others? And, or just be aware that like there may be the revealing of things that others have been hiding from me. Mm, right. Yes. And then what, how does that trigger like my stories or the self-limiting narratives I told myself, or how does it rekindle like a, a wound from that I've been carrying with me? And again, to look at that, if we think about that, it's like that Pluto could feel like it's sort of poking and unearthing mm. and it's bringing up that wound. But again, see that wound now in the light of day and that the light mm. of day gives it this opportunity for healing, right? If it's yeah. just pushed down below the surface. So, you know, maybe there's that just beautiful like extrication that that Pluto is doing so that we can see and face and gently, you know, be with that sorrow to be able to move it through. I love that you're bringing up the healing component because I think at the end of the day, that's what this is all about. And, you know, we know that the only, well, not the only way, but one of the ways that we heal our wounds is we've got to lance them or open them up again. And that's very tender and raw, you know, so you're talking about being kind with yourself, but I do believe there's so much opportunity for healing with that and reinventing that story by letting go of those wounds. It's almost like you can let go of that old story and give yourself permission to reinvent. I also think, and, and like that you're saying, you can't avoid this. Well, I'm not I don't like that you said that, but I am agreed <laughs> that you said that. And that's why I was talking about at the beginning of this wake up and smell the coffee. And there is that energy this month of, you know, you can't hide. <laughs> Pluto is coming, you know. But ultimately, if we can get through that, there can be so much of that freedom and that liberation. Because when we think about Pluto, death and rebirth, it's about the transformation. It's about the movement. Yeah, for sure. And that healing too. I mean, I think a lot of times when I think about 
excuse me, when I think about Chiron, which one? There's so many things <laughs> happening to pay attention to. You know, that Chiron too reminds us of our shared humanity. Like mm. I have this sorrow, I have this wound. It's just part of the wounds that go along with being incarnate, right? And being human. Mm. And that also then connects me to you because you yes, may have shared yes. that experience of sorrow. So it's also that sense where it may embolden our sense of healing capacity to be there and hold space and stand for others, you know, just by the presence of our experience, mm. you know? So I do think that it's not just like healing of ourselves, but also how do we stand just by who we are and that we've walked the path of life and that we can take that and have that strengthen us to hold that space so that another can feel wrapped in that empathy of human of, of shared human experience. No, I love that Stephanie. I think that's that's really good, you know, to really look at it on a more of a collective kind of movement, you know, because you know Pluto does have so much to do with that, the bigger collective. Um, no, I think that's really great. That's a great reminder. Okay. Should we move on and talk? Um, what else have we got going on? Next, so many things. Next. <laughs> Well, we do have Jupiter stationing direct this month on July the 28th. And that's kind of a big deal because uh, Jupiter's going to be retrograde till what, like December? And it's in the sign of Aries. Yes. So we have that Jupiter stationing retrograde on the 28th, I believe, right? The same yep. day as a Leo new moon. So the right. days before, you probably all get this by now, but like we were, it's bears repeating, right? The days around when a planet either begins or ends its retrograde cycle, what it represents is very loud in the collective, right? Yeah. So now yeah. we're talking Jupiter, loud. we're talking loud, yeah. like growth. <laughs> possibility, potential, far off lands, far off, you know, distant goals, horizons, more is more, more is better, right? So there's also that sense of like optimism that gets um, inculcated. And so I think that's interesting too, that sense of like buoyancy and expansion with a Le and the same day as a Leo new moon, right? Yeah, Which is also right, just exactly. like, what fun can we have? What can <laughs> we create that's, you know, that comes from our heart and that has a sense of levity and a sense of like childlike wonder. But yeah. I always like to think too, like, you know, when there's strong Jupiter, like, yeah, see how, in fact, maybe the glass is half full and not half empty as you've seen it. But yet be careful of like a propensity to want to eschew limits because limits do still exist. Right. I, yeah, that's right that it's on the, the Leo, excuse me, the Leo new moon, which is so fiery as well. And, you know, I think it's interesting because we have the, you know, Jupiter, you know, that, that stationing direct with that very amplified energy. But then once we get through that, then Jupiter is in retrograde. So it might be a few days, like you're saying, of like getting really, really big and then, you know, uh, overstepping our boundaries a bit or being, to use your, your word, a little bit too loud in what we're feeling or expressing. And then Jupiter goes retrograde. So it might be a little bit of this big and then coming back down to earth. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. But yeah, it just it does feel like there's that sense, like that first proposal of just like, <gasps> and maybe too, it, it might feel like a really nice respite, like after again mm. all of that Plutonian and that the Chironic, yeah. like that digging and that healing. Now there's just like we end the month with like 
the flavor of a sense of like abundance and possibility. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I love that. I think we might all be a little exhausted by the time, (laughs) you know, we've been digging and doing all these things. And yeah, I think you're absolutely right. You know, Jupiter's always compelling us for more and to expand, to not have maybe that drive in the same way, to to be able to like let go a little bit and regroup and reintegrate. Yeah, for sure. And one thing too, just because you saying before, like, and it's Jupiter and Aries, not to forget that, like, that's what's right. also big is like yes. Jupiter expansion in Aries, which is like big courage or big championing mm. or big desires or, you know, large, like, I want to fight for this. So just- right. Yeah, there's sort of that element as well. Well, and as you said, it's on the same day of the Leo new moon. So let's talk about the lunations for the month. And new moon in Leo, you know, Leo is this, you know, very, it's ruled by the sun. It's this very bright, celebratory, you use the word optimistic. It Leo, I always say go big or go home. So the new moon brings this like infusion of energy of like, let's create a new, let's get going. Let's let go of the past and really initiate. And it's from this Leo, like you're saying, heart-centered and also very creative kind of energy. Yes, for sure, right? And so it's that sense too of like, what do you want to create? Like, what do you want to take that's like inside of you and like infuse the world with it? Yeah, Yeah. You know, if you were going to plan a party in July, I think that (laughs) July 28th would be a great day to have a party, have a new moon party, because I think the energy is going to be really big and kind of fun on that day. I definitely have a bonfire or something, right? Because of like Leo is a fire sign and Aries (laughs) is a fire sign. It's sure to be like snap, crackle, pop, fire. Snap. Pop. So then on July 13th, we have a full moon in Capricorn. Wow, does that feel different? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, just going back there. So full moon. Yeah. What, do you, what do you think about a full moon in Capricorn? Well, you know, Capricorn is just always so, um, <clears throat> what do I want to say? It, it, <laughs> listen, I love Capricorn, but Capricorn sometimes can be a little intense in the feeling of, uh, you know, not getting too ahead of yourself and not being too big and don't color outside the lines and be mindful one step at the time, one step at a time. And of course, I'm really talking about some of the, the lesser qualities of Capricorn, but with that full moon, it just, it amplifies that, all of those qualities. Now, on the other hand, you know, Capricorn is, you know, gets things done. And I would think that it would be a great time with the full moon to complete things, to like, you know, buckle down a little bit and get stuff done. And if there's anything that you've been working on that you want to kind of wrap up, I think that would be the time. Yeah. Yeah. I like thinking too, in, in reflection of that, of like Capricorn where the moon is and Cancer where the sun is, right? Like this sense too of like, I mean, they're different, but like there's almost like the sense of duty and responsibility. Like is it duty also like Capricorn to like the outer world, right? To like success Mm -hmm. or public responsibility or financial responsibility and Cancer like responsibility to my home, to my family, to my tribe, to my inner world and finding that like, you know, 
balance between both and that rootedness, mm-hmm. that emotional rootedness that also then ha- allows you to like be out in the world in that more aligned way. And, you know, Capricorn and Cancer always make me think when they're together, it's very much like focus on work-life balance, right? Like exactly. your home life, your inner life and your outer life as well. And and just another reminder to like try to bring them into balance and ensure that they're working for each other and therefore working for you together. Yeah. And, you know, Cancer Capricorn, that's like mommy, daddy. They're both, you know, it's like they're both very parental, you know, signs. Like you're talking about the the feminine caretaker and the masculine caretaker. And I do think that that attention to the work-life balance is super important. And I think that's something definitely to keep in mind on the Capricorn full moon. Perfect. So are we at the tarot card for the month? I can't believe we covered all I of know, that. So we, have like I speed. Like we could be here for hours just talking about everything. But yes, indeed, we are ready for the tarot card for the month. And I'm excited about this one because we've not ever done this card before. And I think it's really appropriate for July. And the card that we chose is the chariot card. And the chariot card is ruled by cancer, which is interesting because for students learning the tarot, the question I sometimes get is, my gosh, what does the sign of cancer have to do with a chariot and the charioteer who's like on this journey or voyage? And what I always remind people is, listen, cancer is a very ambitious and it's a cardinal sign. So it's got that kind of fiery energy to it. So what is the chariot about? The chariot is very much of movement, of the unconscious energies becoming conscious. And I talk about the chariot as a movement of the soul, because it's a time where those things in that cancer in unconscious or subconscious, your dreams, your visions, your imaginings can really come to life. And the chariot is what brings them forward. It's the journey to manifestation. And so with the chariot card, it's very much about getting in that chariot and going for it. The chariot card's about ambition and following your goals and all of that. But with the chariot card, it's very important to remember it's not just about the destination. It's about the journey. And indeed, a lot of people, um, I'm going to have to find another word for indeed, just like you're finding (laughs) another word for So anyway, the cancer is often associated with the hero's journey. And when we think about the hero's journey, which is a process of trial and tribulation and conquest and success, but all coming together in a process of becoming, it's through that journey, through those ups and downs that we find out who we really are. And with the chariot card, I always say it's that time to be true to yourself and to really, you know, to thine own self be true. And it's really this opportunity to come out and move towards those dreams without compromise. The other thing about the chariot that's really interesting and so Cancerian is the chariot card is often described as following or acting acting is a better word, on your intuition. In other words, there's no game plan here with the chariot card. It's not like, you know, I'm going to lay everything out in the plan and I'm going to map out my destination and get in the car and go. No, 
You get in the car, you turn on the engine, and you, you're so compelled to go forward towards a destination that you just go for it without a plan, without the details. And the story unfolds as you go. So the chariot card is this really powerful card of acting on those dreams, having the courage. The charioteer is brave and courageous. That's why it's associated with the hero's journey to act on those dreams, to go for it and see where they take you. It's beautiful. Beautiful. And especially for this, I mean, for any time, but for this month too, right, where there's this combination energies that we've talked about also like Cancer and Leo, the hero's journey and that emphasis on the sun. And I love that notion of being compelled, like what are you compelled to do? So that's great guidance. Thank you. Yeah. Like ask yourself this month, where am I feeling compelled? And to not let the not knowing of the plan get in the way. Mm, perfect. That's that wonder, just being in that wonder. Yeah. Wonder, wonder, wonderful. Well, Stephanie, here we are at the end of another podcast. And I just want to remind all of our listeners out there that we love hearing from you. So please don't hesitate to give us feedback or anything you want to talk about uh, at SoDivine.us. And also both Stephanie and I do sessions. We're both astrologers and Stephanie's a dream worker and wellness coach. And I do tarot as well. And don't hesitate to reach out and have a session where we can dig into these energies for you personally. And you can reach me at meganskinner.com and Stephanie at stephaniegaling.com. Yes. And is there anything that you have going on in July that you want to share? Well, I have some things cooking and I am not <laughs> going to reveal okay, until next month in August. But yeah, I actually have taken the last couple of months and just really cooked up some really fun and new stuff. So I'll tell you all about it in August. So stay tuned. Okay, perfect. I look forward to it. What about you, Stephanie? Um, I've just been redesigning some of my sessions, which I'm really excited about. I'm also cooking up some things that I will reveal <laughs> later too. And I did actually just, because I'll be taking most of the month of July off, which is mm-hmm. amazing for me because that doesn't always happen. I have opened up some session appointments the first like 10 days. So okay, um, if good you want to have a session, just know that's the window to do it in. Okay. Um, but big thanks to you, Megan. Big thanks, especially to all of you who are listening in. And of course, to our amazing producers, Nick Patreon, Sebastiano Tecchio. We could not do this without you. So have a so divine July. Mm-hmm.